0: I'm Kamaya Truett-Martin, and this is the WUNC Youth Podcast. I'm here today with one of WUNC's youth reporters, Catherine Gann. How are you feeling today, Catherine?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm great. Catherine is an incoming freshman at Duke University and graduated from Inlow High School in June. She joined WUNC's staff this summer as a part of the 2017 Youth Reporting Institute. She wanted to uncover the impact of a summer camp in her community. Catherine, tell us a little bit about the story.
1: So earlier this summer, in late June, I was instructor at a debate camp for the Chinese-American community. And my story follows one girl and how she transforms over that week, but also how this transformation challenges many social norms about Chinese-Americans and girls specifically. Great, great. Sounds good. Let's hear the story. Most seventh graders spent this past summer swimming at the pool or hanging out with their friends. But not Hannah Wang. Oh, She's one of 20 kids who attended a week-long debate camp for the Chinese-American community in Wake County. So everyone, keep in mind, send me two points for affirmative, two points for negative. I was one of the instructors, and I watched Hannah walk into camp every day with her ponytail flopping on top of her purple backpack. At first, she was shy and reserved. I'll say nervous. Sometimes you feel
2: you might, like, mess up
1: or something. These feelings may have been heightened by the boys who dominated the room. Boys are always the loudest. That's where this camp has played a role, in helping these Chinese-American girls become more comfortable and confident when speaking. Grace Jin was another instructor at the camp. She debated at Cary Academy, and she knows just how loud these boys can be. Everyone consistently on stage, other than when I would place, um, was Always above six foot. They were all white males. They all had blue eyes and they were all, were all semi-aggressive in their style. And it was almost the standard at the time. So, I mean, any time a female competitor or I'm five two myself, a shorter competitor, um, or even any person of color did well, it was surprising to people. Grace and I worked on empowering kids like Hannah to speak up. This is why Hannah's mom, Hui Ming Chen, was more than happy to drive her daughter to camp every morning. Yes, the people, most compared to the American kids and the Chinese kids, sometimes they feel like they are more open to express the U.S. kids. So if they live here, we want them to be like more adapted to the culture and more freely to express their idea. By nudging kids to improve communication skills, the parents say they're moving away from a typical Chinese emphasis on science and math. Redefining norms is no easy task. To get there, I led students in researching topics like increasing the minimum wage and investing in India. We also worked on presentation skills, perfecting pitch, tone, and hand motions. So, do you see how I glance down? But I can like basically know what it says. So I look at it and then I... On the last day of camp, Hannah Wang walked up to the front of the room, her familiar ponytail Bobby. Negative speakers, please rise. She introduced herself before giving her speech. I thank the chair for the judges and parliamentarians,
2: That Senator H. Wang, spelled W. H. W. A. N. G. As always, I'm at the leisure of those above me, so give me a smile or a nod whenever you're ready.
1: In just a week, Hannah, who barely said a word on her first day, gave an entire speech on pursuing military action in the South China Sea. China does not want any peace brought in the South China Sea.
2: According to Jay Wang, China's untrust,
1: Maria Liu was the coordinator of the camp. She says that many Chinese parents hold advanced degrees and work at well-known tech firms, but few advance to management positions. I've seen this with my own parents. Maria believes that public speaking is crucial for Chinese-American kids like Hannah to see themselves as leaders. The way that we can tell people our region, the way we can talk with people, the way we can communicate with people to not only show our ideas, we are hard workers, but also we also can lead this world, we can run this world. As for me, I wish there had been a camp like this when I was 12. I had to figure it out mostly on my own. But I did. And I'm excited that maybe the next time I'm judging a high school debate tournament, I won't be the only Chinese girl in the room. For WUNC's Youth Reporting Institute, I'm Katherine Gann. Okay, so the story was crazy dope, and I know
0: it took a lot of hard work. Um, Actually, you had a pretty unique um, approach to this story because you had to get it all done in one week. Um, Your audio, your interviews, everything had to be done because that's how long the camp was. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it was definitely hard, and I wasn't... Like I wasn't able to do it by myself, especially since first I didn't have any experience and second, I was instructing at the same time. Right. So when kids are giving speeches, I was there tapping the gavel. So that's where Allison and Kamaya came in. I know Kamaya had a squat for like an hour long just to get some kids speeches and Allison, too, um, because for me uh i didn't really know about ambi and things like that so that's why some of my tapes didn't really have like the minute of ambi but also things like car sounds or the door opening allison was the one who's like wait we should stop and try to get this and actually in my piece there's a car sound but uh i didn't think of doing those type of things. so i'm glad that they were there with me i am glad also that it wasn't a week because then we like once that week was over we had all the sounds we needed and we just had to dig through to find the best one
0: Catherine's been talking a lot about ambi, and for our listeners that don't know, ambi is just the ambient sound, whether you're in a room, outside, or getting into a car, as Catherine mentioned earlier. So tell me how you came to this story.
1: Okay, so before I came to this program and I pitched this idea, I was like, well, I want the story to be about my story, you know, my struggle in high school, and how it was so hard to do well coming from a public school, especially compared to private school students. But then when I pitched it, uh david and kamaya and allison were like okay and then they're like uh is there anything else going going on this summer and i was like yeah i'm this instructor at the chinese like this chinese american debate camp and they're like huh and then i told them about that and they were just so amazed and so shocked to me it seemed normal but like to them it was like oh my god you know this is challenging norms this is completely different so then we went along with it and at first i was like okay, well this is not the story i had envisioned and this is not about me at all but I actually think, you know, in retrospect, that I'm glad I did this story because while the other story is important, this story touches on very real issues. Not only for me as like a Chinese American and as a female, but I think for people in general who are underrepresented in certain fields or who face stereotypes. Like for me personally in high school, um, it was very STEM based. So for me to even do debate was kind of weird And my mom would get questions from other Chinese parents, like, why is your kid doing debate? Like, what is the benefit of doing that? I was like, first of all, I'm not your child. So I don't know why you're asking questions. But second of all, you know, like, I'm very glad I did debate because I learned to speak up. And I think it's very important that Chinese American kids have that opportunity. And I think the camp was the early exposure for them to have that.
0: Right. Yes. I'm digging all of that. So what did you learn about journalism through this process?
1: Um, I learned how hard journalism is. Uh, so before this I did listen to like NPR stories and WNC stories and they're just what like four minutes long and I was like okay sound good I mean they got some recording there's some translations whatever but then I went through the process and it was a lot more difficult than I thought it was like I already told you how Kamiya was squatting for the Ambi, you know like there's just certain things you have to do um getting the script approved which was kind of challenging for me, actually, because I'm from debate, right? So I think very analytically, but I also write very formally. And so getting that script changed to the point that it sounded really conversational, that the sentences were short, was difficult. But I think improved my writing and like kind of diversified the writing that I can do. Uh, yeah, so thinking about all the parts of the piece was another thing. We had a guest speaker come in and she was like, oh, you know, you coming from debate, was that hard to you for you to think of ambi, which is like other sounds, right? Like car sounds or teacher sounds. I was like, oh yeah, it was. Because to me, it was like, I have the script. I'm going to say this. I'm going to insert some clips. But I didn't really think about the transitions between those clips. The fact that you have to like fade under certain sounds. Um, and I'm really glad that I did learn about that because I think those little nuances, like all the work in the background, obviously when you listen to the piece, like my dad's not going to be like, wow, that ambi you faded under sounded real nice, but it does help make the sound a lot better and the whole story a lot cleaner.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You are such a joy. (laughs) All right, cool, cool. So, um, how has your idea of news changed from being a part of this program?
1: Um, I would say before this and during this, I kind of thought of news as sort of straight up like New York Times, Washington Post, I will read the daily briefing every day or I'll read these articles and they give me like, what is news? You know, like what's going on? Sometimes a little bit lengthy and a little bit and boring you just have to sometimes there's articles i was just like i just need to push through this and read till the end and then you didn't really understand what you're reading but anyway i think this program um showed me the importance of humanizing issues which is something i believed in before because like the syrian refugee crisis right you're like this million people died oh well i don't care about them i don't see them you know or like they're just numbers but in this sense like not just international issues but even local stories when you can put a picture to the name when you can think of this chinese american debate camp Hannah Wang, you know, like this one girl who underwent this transformation, it's just more real to you. And I think as a listener, you know, you can remember it better. You can tell that to your friends better. But even as someone just like listening to the issue, that one person represents the struggles that many people are going through. Right. Like for me, I see myself in Hannah Wang. I may not have always been quiet, but I can see the lack of representation for Chinese American women. So to get back to your question, which I forgot. Which I forgot. But, it was, what have, no.
0: how has your idea of news changed from being a part of the program?
1: Oh, yeah. So I still think of, like, I still get my news from, like, formal news sources, but I think the humanization element is really important. Like, even I know myself, when I read news stories from the New York Times, when they tell me, like, you know, there's a straight-up news, like, this is what happened today, but when they do a profile piece on, like, this one girl who's captured by ISIS, it stands out a lot more. So I think going forward, trying to find news stories like that, or hopefully if I'm, like, in like writing for the newspaper in college I'll try to do that more
0: okay not the radio <laughs>
1: maybe the radio as well yes yes because oh, you have a God. wonderful voice oh, thank I thank you to hear it go
0: to waste so oh um I guess my follow-up is what do you hope the listeners gain from your story
1: um so I wrote this story with two audiences in mind The first audience is the group of people who have no connection to the story, who may not be Chinese-American or who have never done debate. But for them, I want to challenge them. Like, honestly, some of my own classmates, I want to challenge them to not box in Chinese-Americans, whether they're girls or not. Because I know myself, like, in high school, like, not only with debate, but just in general, there's, like, Catherine, like, Literally, one of my friends was like, "Catherine, you like hip hop? I thought you listened to math cassettes all day." And I was like, "What? Who does that?" Like, you, people <laughs> people make stereotypes about Chinese American people all the time, and I don't. You know, like, I think it's time to kind of challenge what ideas you have about your Chinese American coworkers or peers or friends because they have interests beyond like the stereotypical engineering or STEM. But of course, if you like STEM, that's cool too. Um, the second audience is to Chinese American people. I want to encourage them to not live in that box, right? Like if someone puts you a certain way, like says you need to follow computer science, that doesn't just mean you become a coder, right? You can become a coder who can talk about important issues, who knows when to speak up and is confident in using their voice. And I'm really glad for this camp because I think public speaking is the easiest way to make that transition so that we see more Chinese Americans in politics or, you know, in movies or in whatever field they want, not only as hard workers, but as leaders.
0: How did you get into debate?
1: Okay, so i don't know if you can tell but i always had been a very chatty person and also someone who really likes to argue so even like fourth grade i was always arguing with my parents about like dumb things but debate was kind of the way to take that into a more like productive form um unfortunately my freshman year i was trying to be a star tennis player so i missed the debate interest meetings. and when i emailed them they just didn't respond so that was like huh so then sophomore year i was like i need to go this interest meeting," and you force myself to do it and over the summer i planned with my best friend to uh, become partners for the partner debate event, PF. So we did that. She dropped out after a month, but that's fine. Um, Anyway, the point is, I went there and I realized, like, here's this outlet where you're able to speak about really important issues. Right. And I know people say that a lot, but like we are literally debating issues that politicians face every day. For example, when the Nigerian food crisis, like when there's a lot of coverage for that last year, um, December. Right. Like the U.N. was like literally 60,000 children will die if there's no aid by the end of this year. I wrote a bill about it, you know, like uh, increasing the minimum wage, um, having single payer health care, real issues that that people who spent their entire lives researching or entire lives advocating for were things that we could talk about as high schoolers and I found in debate people who were just as interested in those fields um because as I said before coming from my school there weren't as many people who found those topics interesting or who even wanted to talk about those issues so I think for me debate was kind of the ability to do that Um, as I um I really like arguing with people but debate was another way to kind of, you know, consider the other person's idea before you completely shot it down. So that was also really cool. So thank you, Catherine, for
0: your time. You've been awesome to work with this summer, and it was wonderful hearing about your process and your story.
1: Thank you. It was so awesome working with you, too. You're such a joy.
0: I'm Kamaya Truett-Martin with the WUNC Youth Podcast. We just heard from youth reporter Katherine Gann. We're going to round out this episode with a piece from the summer of 2013. WUNC youth reporter Maishala Salam produced this piece about owning her voice.
3: I'm someone who has always been labeled as shy. I used to get talked over and brushed off because I'm quiet. Growing up, I never spoke until I knew exactly what I was going to say and how I was going to say it. My mom says it's because I was around more adults than kids.
2: You know, you were, um, you were a quiet child, but you were also very strong-willed. Um, but we knew you had a very, uh, a very profound uh, <laughs> ability to use language.
3: I had a lot to say, but I didn't often say it. In school, I held back and had trouble meeting friends. I've been homeschooled on and off since the first grade, my mom says she's worried that her shyness may have rubbed off on me. I was
2: such a shy child uh, myself, and even growing up, I guess I've, I've been shy all of my life. Um, and I didn't want you to grow up being shy as I was, and I think a lot of it for me was lack of confidence.
3: I don't think homeschooling made me quiet. I had always been this way, even when I was in public schools. My friend Sharon Dominguez and I went to Carborough High School together during ninth grade. Well, this is the E-Wing on our school, like upper E-Wing, and this is usually where we used to hang out. We met up there, and I asked her what our friends thought of me. Well, the first one is
1: that you're really shy. That's the first one. The second one is that you're quiet. The third one is that you're funny, (laughs) which obviously is true, (laughs) because like... I mean, I guess anybody who doesn't know somebody, like a stranger, they usually say they're quiet, but um, if you know them really well, you get to know how funny they are.
3: Normally, people like me blend in, kind of fade into the crowd, but I was actually in a crowd when I met someone who's helped me stand out. Patricia Parker is a communication studies professor at UNC Chapel Hill. She runs a program called Striving Sisters Speak. It's designed to build the next generation of African-American woman leaders.
2: My mom, who learned about this group, insisted we meet. The thing I must have noticed about how you acted was very spiritual and centered and grounded. Um, I I don't remember what we talked about, but I just remember noticing that about you.
3: And I thought I was shy, quiet, or even soft-spoken.
2: But Miss Pat, that's what we call her, she disagreed. I believe that... um, Leadership is very much, for me, connected to a, um, a belief in the humanity and the gifts of other people. And there are lots of different ways of creating that space for, for those gifts to, to come out. Not too long ago, I had trouble speaking to anyone
3: I didn't know well. But Miss Pat now has me leading meetings with Striving Sisters Speak. Like the, how to get to the root of things, like the causes to why. Um, things are happening. Miss Pat has me teaching one
2: or two other girls at a time. Sometimes the person who is the quietest person in the room has the most knowledge to share and, um, and also may be the person who's leading the way in terms of how to access that knowledge.
3: I thought for a long time that I needed to overcome shyness until I realized that this quietness led me to be a very good observer and listener. When I thought I was bad at making friends, Sharon told me that I was fun to be around. When I thought that I couldn't speak, my mom told me that I have a way with words. When I thought I wasn't strong enough, Miss Pat told me I am a leader. This made my mom proud.
2: Well, I think that the main reason is because when you have something important to say, I don't think it's fair even to the world to just keep it bottled up. You know, and I think that your wisdom and your um, ability to bring peace is so key in this world today.
3: And all I needed was for someone to listen to me, for someone else to be quiet. For the Summer Youth Radio Institute, I'm Marsha Salam, North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC.
0: This was produced by Myshal Salam for the twenty thirteen WUNC Youth Reporting Institute. I'm Kamaya Truett Martin and this is the WUNC Youth Podcast. Thanks for listening.